Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The only the beginning of what I want to feel forever edition as we look back at Super Bowl 56. A thrilling experience for the Bengals and their fans, but ultimately one that ended in disappointment. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays, post-game comments, and analysis from my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Ultimate Bengals, the free-to-play next-level fantasy football game. Downloaded now from the App Store and Google Play. And by On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL. Visit onlocationexp.com for exclusive access to the biggest events, including the Super Bowl. And here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since Courtney's Cookies. If you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, I posted a picture last week of the most spectacular-looking cookies I've ever seen. They were custom-designed for the Bengals Super Bowl appearance with Joe Burrow jerseys, Who Day number one foam fingers, Bengals logos, and even Coffin Nails Bam 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 cookies. They were made by a friend of mine named Courtney Talty, who has to be one of the world's finest cookie decorators. She lives in Cincinnati and doesn't ship her cookies around the country, but if you live in the area and are interested in custom-designed cookies for a special occasion, you should check her out on Facebook. Again, the name is Courtney Talty. That's T-A-L-T-Y. Oh, and by the way, they taste as great as they look. Now... Time for an extensive radio replay of Super Bowl 56. 54 seasons ago, the most innovative coach in sports history brought professional football to Cincinnati. And today, the Cincinnati Bengals get their third opportunity to make Paul Brown's dream a reality as they face the Los Angeles Rams in Super Bowl 56. The Bengals are going to go for it on fourth and a long yard at the Los Angeles 49. Burrow in the gun, Pirine stays in. Joe Burrow drops back to throw, short pass, batted away, it's incomplete. Intended for Jamar Chase, looked like Jalen Ramsey got a hand on it, and the Bengals fail on fourth down and one. Stafford back to throw. He's gonna lob it toward the end zone. Odell Beckham Jr. reaches up and comes down to the ball. It's a touchdown for the Rams, as Odell Beckham Jr. went up and over Mike Hilton to haul in the game's first touchdown. Burrow back to throw, wants to float it high and deep for Chase. He's at the 20, reaches out, comes down to the ball at the 11-yard line. A spectacular fingertip catch by numero uno. And the Bengals will have it at the 11 after a 46-yard bomb from Burrow to Chase. Oh, flip the football field, almost half a field. He's working against Ramsey, one-on-one. Ramsey falls down. He turns to try to find the football, and then he loses his balance, and Jamar Chase finds the ball, tracks the ball, makes a diving catch, one-on-one against Jalen Ramsey. First opportunity, Jamar Chase for 46 big yards. And that was a one-handed spectacular catch as it started with the right hand only. Shooter McPherson swings the right leg. A high spinning end-over-end kick. It is good. And the Bengals are on the scoreboard. Second down and five from the Cincinnati 11. The Rams leading the Bengals 7-3 here in the second quarter. 
Matthew Stafford under center. Receiver goes in motion. They fake a handoff. Stafford throwing into the end zone. Cooper Cup wide open in the back right corner. He makes the catch for a Rams touchdown. Higgins, Sample, and Boyd out to the right in a cluster. The Bengals toss it to the right. Yeah, Nixon throws into the back of the yeah. end zone. It is caught by T. Higgins. Yeah. Touchdown, Bengals. Joe Mixon floating one into the back right corner of the end zone, and T. Higgins hauls it in for the Bengals' touchdown. Talked about trickeration. Joe Mixon, everybody starts downhill to fill the run sweep. They think it's going to be a sweep. They don't even look for T. Higgins. By the time the recovery is made, it's way too late for Nick Scott. Nick Scott says, oh, my gosh, Mixon's going to throw it right over his head for a touchdown. Great call by Zach Taylor on the trickeration. Clock running, 2-12 left in the half, third down and 14. Empty backfield, shotgun snap. Stafford from the pocket, looking, scrambling left, squares his shoulders, points deep, fires toward the end zone. Yeah! Intercepted yeah! in the end zone. Nice. It is picked off by Jesse Bates. And the Bengals will get the ball at the 20 Beautiful. as they intercept Matthew Stafford. Joe Mixon in the backfield. He had 40 rushing yards in the first half. They fake to him. Burrow now scrambling. Fires deep downfield for Higgins. Oh, Jumps baby. up, pushes nice. over his defender, catches the ball, runs it into the end zone. There's no penalty no. flag. No. A 75-yard touchdown. Burrow to Higgins he, as he knocked over Jalen Ramsey yeah. and ran it into the end zone to give the Bengals the lead. Stafford throws over the middle and it is intercepted. <laughs> it was deflected <laughs> off Cooper Cup and it's picked off. The oh. Bengals will take over Unreal. at the 32. Chidabe Awuje on the deflection off Cooper Cup and the Bengals have the lead and the ball at the Rams 32. Second takeaway by the Cincinnati Bengals defense. Third down and four from the 12 of the Rams. Shotgun snap. Burrow cocks ah. the arm and gets smashed oh, no. to the ground. Burrow gets sacked back at the 20-yard line. Ooh. Aaron Donald with his second sack of this drive. And the Bengals will have to settle for the field goal try by Evan McPherson. Mark Harris will snap it back to Kevin Huber. Huber looking back at his kicker. Now turns his head, extends the right hand, catches the ball, puts it down. McPherson's kick lofted, and it is good. Yes. He remains perfect in the postseason, and the Bengals have scored 17 straight to take a 20-13 lead. Matt Gay is in to attempt a 41-yard field goal try from the middle of the field. Trying to cut the Bengals' lead down to four. His kick on its way, and it is perfect. Yep. Right down the middle from 41 yards out. So the Rams get points, but they do not get even. The Rams have sacked Joe Burrow six times. They've hit him eight times. It's third down and nine. Uzama in the backfield to the left of Burrow to pick up the rush. Burrow under pressure, and he is sacked for the seventh time. Oh. Joe Burrow is down and grabbing his right knee. Oh, boy. 5.07 left, and the Rams ready to go for it on fourth and one at their own 30. Stafford under center. They're going to go with an end around, and it's going to work as Cooper Cup will run it out to the 37-yard line. Second down and goal from the one as the Rams look for a go-ahead touchdown. Stafford is under center, takes the snap, floats a fade into the end zone, and it is caught for a touchdown to give the Rams the lead. 
Cooper Cup with the catch, and the Rams have pulled ahead with 125 to go. The Bengals had to use another timeout. They're down to their final timeout with 43 seconds to go. They need to gain about 10 more yards to be within field goal range, but first things first, they need to gain one to keep their hopes alive in Super Bowl 56. Burrow ready for the shotgun snap on fourth and a yard. Long count. Joe has the ball. Drops back to throw. He gets hit. He gets rid of the ball. It's ah. incomplete. Intended for P. Ryan. And the Los Angeles Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. Final score, the Rams 23, the Bengals 20. Cincinnati's three Super Bowl losses have been by five points, four points, and now three points. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Ultimate Bengals, the free-to-play fantasy football game. This year, Ultimate Bengals awarded a weekly winner during the course of the season with tickets, autographed merchandise, and money-can't-buy experiences all up for grabs. Find Ultimate Bengals in the App Store and Google Play. Now, time for post-game comments. The first topic, the dominant play of Aaron Donald and the Rams' defensive front as they finished with seven sacks and 11 quarterback hits. Here are Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow. Every tape we've watched, they, they hit every single quarterback, almost on every single snap. And so it's a challenge. I thought our guys did a tremendous job early in the game managing that. Um, as the game gets on, you know, they did a good job creating that pressure. Um, and so when we had some negative plays in first and 10, you know, running the ball in second 13 is going to be pretty tough. Um, so, you know, it, it was just being more efficient in the second half of first and 10 would have helped us. They played really well up front today. You know, I was proud of the way that they fought. I, I've been proud of the way that they fought all season. So we all have to get better individually and myself included. Between the regular season and postseason, Burrow was sacked 70 times. Here's C.J. Uzama. You don't want your quarterback to get hit one time, let alone however many times it was, you know, not even counting the things that weren't sacks, just him getting hit in general. So uh, it has been tough. Um, you know, there's, I mean, that's franchise, right? You don't want to see your franchise quarterback get hit as many times as he did, and that's probably going to be a point of emphasis coming up. Improving the line will definitely be a point of emphasis. But despite the Rams' pressure, Burrow threw for 263 yards with a touchdown, no picks, and a passer rating of 100.9. And he wasn't afraid to challenge Jalen Ramsey. T. Higgins had that 75-yard touchdown catch over Ramsey and finished with four catches for 100 yards. And Jamar Chase had a 46-yard grab against Ramsey, and he finished with five catches for 89. Here's Zach Taylor. Our guys aren't afraid of anybody. You know, we've got tremendous players on our team, and, and they got tired of the narrative of all the things that other teams are going to do to them. And here we are in the Super Bowl, and our guys stepped up and made plays. The Bengals were only penalized four times in the game, but three of the flags came back to back to back in the final two minutes, including a highly questionable defensive holding call on Logan Wilson that would have made it fourth and goal from the eight for the Rams. Instead of having to score a touchdown on the next play to decide the game, L.A. was gifted a first down and scored a few plays later. Here are Mike Hilton and Zach Taylor. Honestly, they've been, they was letting us play all three quarters, and when it got down to that fourth, they started you know, being a little more flag-happy, but... It's just the name of the game, man. We just got to find ways to win. I, I thought it was a, a really well-officiated game, to be quite honest with you. And and sometimes it comes down to moments like those. Um, I don't have a great look at it, but but I thought the officials did a nice job. And despite the call on Wilson, the Bengals still had a great opportunity to at least force overtime. 
A 17-yard pass to Chase and a 9-yard pass to Tyler Boyd made it 2nd and 1 at the 49 with about a minute to go. But a deep ball to Chase wasn't close. Samaje Piran then got stopped for no gain on a running play, and Aaron Donald spun Burrow around on 4th and 1, causing the incompletion that essentially ended the game. Here's Burrow. Yeah, when we hit that first play, I thought we were going to go down and at least get a field goal to tie the game and send it into overtime. You know, you got, again, you got to give credit to them. They had, you know, they, they played their tails off for those four plays and, and stopped us on third and one and, and fourth and one. So, you know, credit to them. The bottom line is that the Bengals were one minute and 25 seconds from winning one of the most unlikely Super Bowl titles of all time. Here's Zach Taylor. Proud of them. It's a special group. It stings right now, but you got to find a way to just really cherish what this group had together. It's a special group. It's, it's rare that you get to coach a team like this, and uh, this team means a lot. I'm proud of the way that they fought. I thought they did a lot for, for our team, for our organization, and for our city, and they need to be really proud of that. When the team returned home at approximately 7 p.m. on Monday, a large crowd of fans was waiting at Paul Brown Stadium to greet them and thank them for a memorable and often magical season. Here's C.J. Uzama. I love the city. I love them backing us the entire year. I love going out and people just yelling randomly, you know, just who day and, and trying to stop you in front of your car, like when you're at a red light. It's dope. It, it really is. Since he's a fun place, I think uh, UC started it. Shoot, baseball started it low-key. Reds were on a run. UC started it, and, and we continued it on. So since he's growing really big, and, and, you know, I'm excited to see kind of the fan base grow. This podcast is brought to you in part by On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL. Visit OnLocationExp.com for exclusive access to the biggest events in the NFL, including the Super Bowl. Now, time for some post-game analysis with my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham. We recorded this on a bus with the players, friends, and family members from the stadium back to the team hotel after the game. The audio is briefly distorted in a couple of moments, but quickly returns to normal. Lap, unfortunately, a familiar storyline for the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl heartbreak. They had their chances. They had a seven-point lead in the second half. They took a four-point lead to the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, they could not protect Joe Burrow in the second half, and they wound up losing the game. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, the protection pressure thing was something that everybody was talking about. You know, going into the game, it was it was obviously uh, the biggest mismatch in the game. The Rams had the number one win rate as a defensive line as pass rushers. The Bengals with 30th as an offensive line in protection, and that's how it kind of turned out in the football game, particularly in the second half. I mean, for a quarter and a half, I mean, the Bengals looked good. I mean, they didn't give up a sack. And then the dam broke and the water came pouring in. And Aaron Donald and Von Miller and everybody else, Floyd got his. Everybody, everybody overpowered the Bengals. I mean, I thought that they made a, a concerted effort to just decide to bull rush, just to power rush the Bengals, and you know, not not try to quick them and, and make moves and all that sort of thing. And then twist started getting home, you know, just te- simple te tackle, penetrate, end loop, tackle, consume two guys, and the other way around, end penetrate, consume two, and tackle loop, tackle twist inside, those kind of things started getting home with regularity and Joe Burrow had no no time no space and uh, obviously he had to be frustrated it was not a uh, not a pretty performance down the stretch that's for sure up front they need to address that in free agency in the draft and if they can get uh, get some bodies there that would be helpful 
After nine sacks in the Tennessee game, the Bengals changed things up on the offensive line and alternated Akeem Adeniji and Jackson Carmen at right guard. Jackson got 51% of the snaps in the AFC Championship game. He didn't get a single snap, as far as I could tell, uh, in the Super Bowl. Do you figure it just had to be the back acting up? I figure, Yeah, I mean, he missed quite a few practices, and um, those things can can flare up and, and cause issues, and I'm, I'm sure that maybe during pregame warm-ups something you know, flared up on him, and for him not to take a snap whatsoever, he obviously didn't trust that thing. I don't know if the trainers ruled him out or he told everybody that he just felt like he couldn't go, but whatever the case was, he... Cause, you think a guy at that age, at any age really, doesn't want to miss the Super Bowl. So it has to be something pretty significant for him not to be able to play whatsoever. I can see why maybe Frank decided missing practices, you're not going to get as many reps as Adenogy, but to get none, particularly the way Adenogy was kind of struggling against Aaron Donald on some of that bull rush stuff. Carmen's a bigger body, naturally stronger type guy. Uh, you know, you'd think you maybe give it a look. So I, I think it was something physically that was preventing Jackson Carmen from going out there and give it effort. The other big problem for the Bengals in the game was their inability to convert on third and short and fourth and short. Two instances in the game where they had an eight-yard gain on first down and could not get two more yards to move the sticks. Third and short killed them. Third and long killed them defensively. I mean, they were, they were in situations third and nine, I can remember, third and seven. You know, they gave up chunk plays, big plays, and that's uncharacteristic. So, um, you know, the thing that Zach was talking about that he was so impressed with with the team uh, all season long was being situational masters, you know, and they didn't master it in the Super Bowl. Third down, third and short offensively was an issue. Third and long defensively was an issue. Red zone was an issue. Um, they let the they let the Rams, you know, score three red zone touchdowns, which is uncharacteristic, and they could only generate one themselves. And uh, you know, it just ended up all that all that collectively ended up uh, biting them. You know, they're they're only I think the fifth team in Super Bowl history to lose the Super Bowl having a plus turnover margin. But in my mind, it's not plus because you know I think that they should change <laughs> the uh, turnover to include fourth down stops because it's the same thing. You're ending a possession without a kick. No punt, extra point, or field goal. And that happened to the Bengals twice. Twice, another situation. No situational football, fourth down and short. They, they lose on two of them. And one in the first quarter and one in the fourth quarter that ultimately cost them the football game. They convert on either one of them could be a different deal. The other thing, Dan, is field position. Oh, they get killed. You know, their, their last four drives... I think it was the last four, maybe the last five. The average drive start was a 20-yard differential. I mean, the Rams were basically at their own 40. The Bengals were at their own 20. And that, you know, you're giving up two first downs, and you're having trouble pass protecting, and you're giving up 20 yards per possession, and, you, you know, you're having negative plays because you're getting sacked. That, that, that puts you behind the eight ball, too. Did T. Higgins get away with offensive pass interference and or a face mask on the 75-yard touchdown? Yeah, I mean, you, you look at it, uh, <laughs> Ramsey was upset, and rightfully so. When you look at the replay, I mean, you can see Ramsey's head get jerked, get torqued a little bit. So there was something that could have been called. The official was blocked out of it, I guess, didn't really get a, a good view of it. Um, so, I mean, that, that was a fortunate non-call, and really... You know, throughout the course of the game, the officials pretty much kept their flags in their pocket and let the players determine the outcome. And down the stretch, 
you know, at the end of that drive with all the penalties that were called in the low red zone, you know, that was that was kind of against the flow of uh, how the game was called otherwise. So, but with with what went on in that play, I guess you really can't complain all that much because the Bengals got a huge, huge touchdown coming out of the third quarter, coming out of the locker room for the third quarter. And uh, how about them plus eighty in the regular season and playoffs in the third quarter differential, best in the league. I mean, they just dominated people and early on you know right away come out of that locker room and score points I thought when they won the coin toss and deferred you know you thought something was going to happen either at the end of the half beginning of the third quarter or both like it had happened so many times during the season 15 carries 72 yards for Joe Mixon 4.8 yards per crack but he was not the guy that got the ball on fourth and one either time yeah he wasn't in the game um you know, Pirine was in there, and I thought, well, maybe he's in there for blitz pickup, but he stayed in the game. So you wonder if, if Joe, you know, he's had ankle problems, he's had other injuries, you know, to his legs. Maybe he exacerbated some kind of an injury there. For him to not be on the football field down the stretch, I mean, they're, they're, you know, you have to figure that he got nicked up in some way, shape, or form, too, where it was to the point where he felt it was better to have 100% uh, Samaje Pirine in the football game rather than whatever percent Joe Mixon would have been operating in, on under in that case. And I should clarify, they gave it to Pirine on third and one, then tried to throw it on fourth and right. one both times, right. and it didn't work. So going forward, Bengals obviously have a great nucleus. Most of these guys will be back, but it's so hard to get back to the Super Bowl, particularly in the AFC right now with so many great young quarterbacks. It really is. I mean... <laughs> You know, we talked about it before. Dan Marino, everybody thought, oh, he's a young stud. Early early in his career, he goes to the Super Bowl against Joe Montana, and he and his team get thrashed by Joe Montana and the 49ers, and he never goes back. You know, a Hall of Famer, threw for 5,000 yards in, like, 1984 with, like, 40-whatever-odd touchdowns. It's like, this is a guarantee. This guy's going back perennially, never again. So you just you just never know. You can't you can't count on anything. Obviously, that's why it was it was there for the taking. That's the frustrating thing. It was there for the taking. If they just you know you can all, in, in these kind of games, and you know I've been there, man. It, it's hard to get over Super Bowl losses. And the thing is, they didn't self destruct. They didn't turn it over. Fourth down, they they didn't get, do a good job on short yardage situations on third and fourth down, but actually <clears throat> fumbling or intercept, uh, interceptions being thrown, you know that wasn't the case. But they did self-destruct on those short yardage situations by lack of execution and/or assignment error or a combination of both. So you can always go back to those. You can go back to a, a million things in that football game that if this didn't happen or that didn't happen, there's got to be probably 20 in a football game like this that you if any one of them went differently they're either in overtime playing still or the game ends a different way the good news going forward is they've got the quarterback they've got a lot of great players around him and the fan base is all the way back any sort of anger dating back to the 1990s is gone Cincinnati has fallen back in love with this football team it really has and I think I think performance, you know, one, one thing about these guys is their grit showed, you know. Even though you know, they, they uh, didn't perform well in some areas, most specifically protecting the quarterback, 
they, they just never quit. They never say die. They're very gritty. I think they probably got a respect from a large part of the population because they're, you know, they're blue collar. They're, you know, the American way, you know, fight, scratch, claw. Every, you get an opportunity, take full advantage of it. And they almost won a Super Bowl where, you know, shoot, they weren't even on national television in terms of Sunday night or Monday night football at all this year. And they're going to be on a bunch next year because I think the country has fallen in love with Joe Burrow and this football team and, and obviously the city of Cincinnati and the tri-state area and everybody sure has. But, um, you know, I, I, do, I do think that... Uh, I do think they they made a lot of fans. I'll, I'd be stunned if the TV ratings aren't record because you know there's over over three out of every five TV sets watch the playoffs during you know the playoff games and they were all come down to the wire. Well, this is the Super Bowl. This is the the huge deal. This is it. So I, I bet all kinds of eyeballs were on this football game and hopefully listening to radio broadcasts of it too because the interest is at an all-time high i mean the nfl it's like it's like ibm used to be you know you say ibm it's like ooh, well now it's the nfl man it's it's not fortune 500 it's fortune 5 i mean everybody's like oh national football league anything associated with the nfl gets some big time respect these days for sure for more on the Super Bowl and what lies ahead, join Lap and Lance McAllister for Bengals Line Wednesday night from 6 to 9 on 700 WLW. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast, brought to you by Ultimate Bengals, the free-to-play, next-level fantasy football game, and by On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast, and if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horn, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.